Hello, welcome to another episode of Pack One Pick One. It's just me, Flynn, this time. And I know I've been away for a little while. Wanted to apologize about that. But this episode uh, is going to be all about M20. And more specifically, I'm going to be giving you my 15 hot takes on the format in hopefully 15 minutes. And then later on, towards the end of this format, I'm going to go back and uh, do an episode just on what I've said here, see if my opinions have changed at all from this episode. So, yeah, let's get right into it. I've got, uh, let's see, about 10 or so of my usual just comments on the format, and then I have another five where I'll be talking about underrated or overrated or what I think could be properly rated, cards, archetypes, etc. about the set. Alright, so number one is going to be that, for me, M20 is a better format than War of the Spark. You know, I want to start off with the most uh, probably controversial one of them all, but I really enjoy not having, uh, excuse me, having to deal with Planeswalkers in every freaking game. It got old really fast for me. Number two, it's that Elementals, specifically uh, in the Temur colors, red, blue, and green, is the best archetype in the format, not even close. And going along with that is point number three, actually getting through these a lot faster than I thought I would, is that green is the best color in this format. I think... It, between its general power, having very good commons, some bomb rares, some good uncommons, has great elemental synergies with blue and red. And even without a heavy elemental deck, uh, red-green is still just super powerful. Uh, it's got one of the best reasons to play white is the fact that the white-green uncommon is so good. So yeah, I think a lot of people want to say blue or red, but... I'm really in on green, and I like playing it in this set a lot. Alright, number four is that you can never have, or almost never have, too many Lava Kin Brawlers. I think it's probably, besides the Uncommon Chandra, the best four drop in most elemental decks that people are going to have, bar some crazy rare or mythic. Uh, if you even get two out on the battlefield, they'll just immediately be attacking as four fours. And that's really hard for your opponents to deal with. And you'll probably have them be a lot better than that if you're running a heavy elemental theme. I think the card is great, honestly. And I've never been unhappy having it. Alright, number five. It's Renowned Weaponsmith and Heartpiercer Bow. And to a lesser extent, uh, Dragon... Uh, Violet Dragonfire, that's it, are both a very real deck. Now, I've gotten to play on Magic Arena, and once in person, having, like, three Heart Piercer bows in my main board, and honestly, I just felt unstoppable. If I was able to remotely stabilize, by the time I had those out... It made blocking almost impossible for my opponents. 
So I'm a big fan of that card, and yeah, it's definitely a real thing you can do. You have to force it a bit most of the time, unless you pick them all up super late somehow. But it's not a bad thing to force sometimes. I think it's a real real strategy if you get enough of them. Alright, number six is that there are a lot of cards that can do two damage, and having three toughness or higher creatures really matters a lot. Uh, remember my last FNM draft a couple days ago now? I had two flame sweeps in my red green deck, and I ended up playing against someone in the final round who had a Boros deck, but it was, I think, like 98% red cards. And even just having one flame sweep just completely ruined their whole game. It was amazing. And it wasn't just that game either. I played against blue-white decks. Um, maybe there's a theme just white decks are just going to get destroyed by a flame sweep. But that card does so much work. There's shock. There's the uncommon Chandra. Yeah, it's just really, really good. There's uh, the... Red Red Elemental, that also can ping for two. It's Ember Hauler, I believe. But yeah, very awesome. Would definitely be aware that if your opponent is especially playing red, and you have two toughness on a creature, there's a good chance they can kill it. Uh, yeah. This back to Elementals, actually. Point number seven. Splashing is not that hard, but outside of Elementals, I don't really see much of a reason to go more than two colors. Omnap is very synergistic and very good, but like Kalia, the Abzan one, Wedge Creature, uh, I think Yarok, they're not that great in this format. There's not really a dedicated three-color archetype to anything but Elementals, sadly. And the Jeskai one, I believe Kaikar, is okay. Um... I guess you could play it if you're doing a Flyers deck. There's like a little bit of synergy there. But for the most part, you're better off if you're not going into three-color elementals. You shouldn't need to worry about splashing for a three-color deck the vast majority of the time. Having all the tap lands at common, scry lands at rare, evolving wilds, it helps. But most of the time, I don't think you really need to. Two colors is where... You'll probably want to have most decks if you're not, again, in Talmer Elementals. Number eight is the only Wedge Legend in this set worth playing in Draft Zomnat. Kind of already covered that a little bit. The others just aren't really great for Limited in this format. I guess their effects just aren't really strong enough. They don't really do anything. I think the Absent one just straight up doesn't really do anything. You're not going to have enough Legends anyways to get any value out of it. Uh, but, you know, I guess, I mean, Kalia, if you're somehow in Mardu, you can be, like, a flyer. You probably won't really pick up anything. Maybe an angel or a dragon if you're really lucky. Um, Kaikar's, like, the next most playable after Omnath. But I'm not, like, jumping at the bit trying to play him. If it happens, I guess I'll do it. Yes. But, number nine is Audacious Thief is the second best black common after murder. It, it's a card you're going to want, because the incidental card draw is strong. I mean, I'm not one of those people that says you should just take every, like, divination or whatever in limited, just because 
card draw can be good, but, you know, if you have an already decent attacker, and that maybe it's going to die anyways, being able to draw one, maybe more if you're lucky, extra cards in the game can make a huge difference. Like, those could be a land or two that you get out of the way for more relevant draws later on. So, I think it's definitely a great card. Um, actually, it's funny. This isn't one of my points that I have that I've written down, but murder is maybe underrated sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's because people see it's a common, but the card is sweet. I'm a fan of it in this set. I had three of them. Three in a paper draft at FNM. Like, this shouldn't have happened, but I guess people don't want to play it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, point ten is Soren is actually playable, even with few to no vampires. It's not easy, but I played against Soren uh, with an opponent who had none, and he still did some work with his plus. So, no one completely write him off if you're in black. Sure, he's not a bomb in this set, but you can still use him, so don't just totally say he's useless. Just very narrow. And now that I've gotten those points out of the way, gonna do my final five is overrated, underrated, or properly rated, in my opinion. So what I think... So this is how it's gonna go. Let's say number 11 is the color white. Underrated. I think that a lot of people think that this color... Basically, most of the popular streamers or other podcasters for Limited don't really like white in this set, believe it's weak, probably is the weakest color in this set, not gonna lie, but I feel like we shouldn't be sleeping on it entirely. I know that the Lords of Limited just did an episode about playing white and being able to win with it in Limited in this set, so I think that just because it may be the weakest color, that doesn't mean it still can't be underrated. You know, people shouldn't be too hesitant to go out of it, because if that happens, then hopefully the draft will self-correct, and someone will end up with, like, six pacifisms in one draft, and they're going to 3-0. So, that can happen. Definitely can. Uh, Risen Reef, number 12, properly rated. Huge bomb. Everyone knows it's a huge bomb. Number 13, Rotting Registor. Underrated. Some people really underestimate just how strong a 7-6 for 3 mana is, especially when it's only one of those mana symbols is colored. The rest is just can be generic. Yeah, you have a downside, you have to discard a card if you have one in hand before your draw step, but if you're beating down with a 7-6 on turn 4, maybe turn 2 if... Now, yeah, I think turn four is the earliest you can attack with it in this set. If you're doing that, and they don't have a pacifism, they're in for a world of fucking hurt. Don't sleep on Riding Registor. Card is good, in my opinion. Very strong. I'd be happy to have it anytime. Number 14 is Uncommon Chandra, and I think she's properly rated. You know, most people think it's a great card, and I agree with them. I've had it in, I think, a lot of... Almost every draft so far that I've played, because I've gone uh, Elementals a lot, and she's been excellent with any Elemental deck. Even by herself, she shocked twice for four, can add mana. Great card. And last but not least, 15. Blue-White Flyers is also properly rated. Not the strongest deck, 
but not the weakest either, which seems to be the general consensus among people, and I tend to agree with that as well. It's okay. I played it one against it once or twice, and I felt like having any tuned elemental deck is just going to beat them a lot of the time, but it's still a strong deck, and I wouldn't underestimate it if you're playing against it. That's for sure. Well, I... Well, it's now uh, about 12 and a half minutes in, and I did get through all 15 of my points in under 15 minutes. So what I'll be doing towards the end of the life cycle of Corset 2020 is I'll do an episode to go back on these points and discuss if my opinion on them has changed or not and why it may have, if it, if it has. And for future sets, I'll be doing these episodes again, one towards the beginning of the set, one towards the end of it, and I will hopefully add even more hot takes to them each time till I get to a bit of a higher number, but I hope that this episode has been a good, yeah, first one for all of you. This is going to be pretty much how I'll do them in the future. And since uh, we have a couple minutes left, I'm just going to crack open actually a pack of Corset 2020 that I picked up from my shop that I drafted at last night uh, was at Dice City Games. I went 2-1 in that draft, by the way, but I uh, chose to get store credit there. I just picked up a pack or two for the hell of it. So, yeah. Let's see what we have. We have a Moorland Inquisitor. I'm just going to go over the card names themselves. Fairy Miscreant, Sanitarium Skeleton, Gift of Paradise, Healer of the Glade, Cloud Kinseer. Oh, I'm a big fan of that already. Uh, two and a blue for Flying Elemental. When ETB's draw card, 2-1. Yeah, I like that. Destructive Digger, Griffin Protector, Stone Golem, Leafkin Druid. There's no foil in here then. I still like the Cloud Kinseer. We have Ogre Siege Breaker for the first uncommon. Spectral Sailor. Diviner's Lockbox. Yeah, I'm still, I still want Cloud Concealer, honestly. Let's see if the rare or mythic, hopefully mythic, changes things. Oh, holy shit, it does. All right, we have Omnath, Locus of the Royal. I was just talking about this a few minutes ago. It is a one green, blue, red, legendary creature elemental. When Omnath enters the battlefield, it deals damage to any target equal to the number of elementals you control. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on an elemental you control. If you control eight or more lands, then draw a card. Yeah, I actually don't own one of these yet, so I'm super excited about this card. I love it. Very powerful. And if you're ever going to be playing Omnath Unlimited, you would want to pack one, pick one. So I'm super excited that I opened this mythic, especially since I've been talking about it so much earlier. That is super cool. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Check back soon. I'm going to be doing a box opening of Magic 2020, and hopefully this one will be recorded with my usual crew. Uh, the same guy that I did them the uh, Modern Horizons box opening with. So look out for that, hopefully very soon, maybe by this weekend, if I get the time to do it, definitely by the end of next week. And I have an other episode coming up for War of the Spark, 
where I'll be going over the legends of the set, uh, presumably with Evan and Charles, the two people who joined me last time, who are their own content creators, some with magic, some with not. So look out for them. Yeah, see some uh, familiar faces or voices on this podcast soon. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.